Good morning, church. Uh, we're going to release the children after worship today. So they'll be up here with us. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know Oh, I won't be shaken Oh, I won't be shaken Stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And shame the long Not a captive to the light. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. Oh, I won't be shaken. Oh, I won't be shaken. Disappointment 
Children may be released.
we'll do uh, time. choices and all that. <laughs> if you want to go ahead and preach, oh, man. <laughs> How you doing this morning? Good? Fantastic. Fantastic. I got this guy with me. Now he's kicking me in the chest. Hey, I can do it. The Ron. Ron, I see you. Yeah, same here. All right, ushers, if uh, you want to pass out a tithing offering envelope, raise your hand if you need one this morning. Uh, I'm going to go over announcements while we do that. Uh, we have church-wide prayer tomorrow. Justice, are we still doing that? Okay. That's at 6. Uh, we have 40 Days of Remembered Scripture Reading Guide. I believe that's in the back. Uh, we have Good Friday and Easter coming up. Uh, reminder, April 14th is the men's night. That's at 6.30. Johnny's not allowed to come. All right, April 29th is the women's event. That's at 10 a.m. So set your alarms ish, ish early. Okay, I'll go ahead and pray over the tithe and offering, then you can bring it down. Father, we just thank you for... For this beautiful morning, Lord, we just thank you for all that you are and all that you, you bless us with. Lord, you are the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, Lord. There's nothing that we bring that you don't already have, Lord. Lord, we know it's not about how much or percentage, but it's about our heart, Lord, that we are joyful givers. And God, I pray that you would bless this tide that comes in and that would go out as your will would have it, Lord. We thank you and love you for all that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bring it on down. Real quick, we got Pastor Rick Burke this morning. He's got three uh, beautiful kids. Uh, he's the pastor at uh, the Dayton Church. So give him a warm welcome this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, it is good to be here today. You know that? <clears throat> oh, come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise today. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands just for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you that your spirit is in this place. God, and whatever your spirit is, everything we need is there. So I thank you, God, that healing is here today. Encouragement is here today. Breakthrough is here today. God, I thank you, Father, that even as we have to make decisions, God, that you've laid the pathway out, Father. And I just thank you that obstacles are removed, Father. I thank you, Father, that the battle is over, God. I thank you that we have victory in your name. 
And we just stand on that. We just see the atmosphere with signs, wonders, miracles, deliverance, and encouragement right there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know this lady that's sitting. Yeah. Lenata's got the big smile. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I'm just going to say what I hear. If I've missed it, you can say, well, Pastor Rick, he missed that one, you know, but we won't hold it against him. But whatever the battle is, just understand that it, it's, it's over, okay? There's been, you know, and there's just been some seasons that you've had to do some battling. You know, you've had to stand. You know, there's been some moments where maybe even your faith was tested a little bit, you know. But I just, when I see you, I see victory. I see, listen, it's, it's over. Don't worry about it. It's over. It's done. It's, it's already been settled. Okay, I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, you know, but but, you know, just understand that whatever, whatever it is, it's over. It's done with. You don't have to worry. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, you're such an encourager. Did You know that. See, somebody's verifying, you know, you know, is that a relative that said that? Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and don't be surprised. <clears throat> on the job, don't be surprised if um, your faith uh, is really required, how can I say this, to be seen. So don't be surprised. Are you around negative people on the job a lot? Well, yeah, so I guess I had a 50-50 chance with that one anyway, you know. But but really don't 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 shy away from moments of being who you are in Christ. Okay? They need to see that. They need to see that. There's some people that really need to, they really need to question, well, why are you so joyous? Or why are you, you know, they need to see that so you can say, well, it's because of Jesus Christ. So don't don't be surprised. It's on the job, okay? You get a chance to really, because the same man of God that you are in here, you're that same man of God there. You know, on, on Mondays, Tuesday, whatever the day is, wherever you are, that same mighty man of God that you are in here, you are that man all the time. All right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Well, praise the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> Pastor Kylan had to reach down to the bottom of the barrel, you know. <laughs> and he said, man, I, I don't have anybody else. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But I, I, I want to talk today, um, you know, resurrection is coming up. Resurrection Sunday, Easter, you know, that's coming up. And so, uh, uh, I was talking with Pastor Kylan, and I know the blood, the blood of Jesus is a, is a topic uh, that has been on his heart. So if you have your Bibles, 1 John, 1 John 1, 1 John 1, 7, hallelujah. Let's start there. Well, let's go to six. 
Well, let's go to five. Since we said five, we might as well say four. First <laughs> uh, John 1, 4. Uh, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Man, that right there will preach. I mean, so that right there lets you know that anything that you're going through that's not good, it is not God. Can we say amen to that? So don't, don't get that confused. Sometimes I don't know who in here is hijacking my message right now because that's really not what I want to talk about. But I'm, I, I really feel impressed upon me to tell you that, listen, don't get that confused. Sometimes thoughts are coming to your mind and say, well, you know what? You're getting what you deserve or you brought this on yourself or, you know, the, you know sometimes God will do things like this. This settles that. It says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. At all. So, so don't look at some misfortune and incident. Well, you know, you never know how God's going to work or you stop it. The Bible is telling us there's no darkness in him. Okay. So if there's no darkness in him, why would he bring darkness on you? Oh, come on, this is just common, you know, just, just foundational stuff that we got to get. In verse 5, it says, this then, oh, I just read that. Well, I must need to read it again. This then is the message, you know, which has heard, which uh, we have heard of him and declares unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not know the truth. You need to understand that my walk because of Jesus Christ, someone say because of Jesus Christ. This life that I now live, it's a life that doesn't require, doesn't allow, doesn't call for me to walk in darkness, but it's a life that now I have the power and it is destined in me to walk in light, to walk in good. Can we say amen to that? So here's, so let's make this real simple. So when you're sitting there during everyday life and you have an opportunity to do the wrong thing, uh, maybe you got a bad habit, maybe, you know, whatever it is, there should be something that goes, wait a minute. You have fellowship with the Lord. So you don't have to do that. There is another way. Somebody said there is another way. Let me tell you something. I, I have had these moments where I got ready to do something. I'm just going to be honest. It was not in the plan and will of God. I've justified it. I've excused it. You know, I've, I've, I've watered it down. But the truth of the matter was, it wasn't of God. Now, was it just, you know, was it murder or anything like that? No, it wasn't. But it was still something that God would not be pleased with. And so it just dawned on me one day. I mean, imagine this, you know, a preacher, you know. It just dawned on me one day, LaRon, that you don't have to do that. And I said, that's right. <laughs> I don't. I said, so... And I, I said, 
so what should I do? And it was kind of like, well, you know what to do. I said, well, how do I do that? And he said, this is how you do that. And I just did what he said and didn't do that thing anymore. And I said, now, how is it that in that moment it became so simple, something that if I get honest and transparent, I've struggled with for years? Well, here's the thing. My mind, somebody say my mind. It has to be renewed. You know you got to start thinking differently. Can we say amen to that? Listen, you cannot take your old self and listen. I believe, I, I was telling Laurent, Laurent, didn't I, I say, I love coming here. I, did not I say that? Yeah, listen, I, I feel it too, you know. And, I, and I, I said, so I believe that people in here are good folks. But let me tell you something. No matter how good you were, you cannot bring your old self your old way of thinking into this new situation. Can we say amen to that? Because if you do, you will miss out on some things. You will miss out on some moments. You will miss out on some increase, some breakthrough, some demonstration of power. And let me just let you know something. Your faith is not just for you. Your faith is for other people too. Can we say amen to that? See, some of you, you know, it may not even be a thing of what's going on in your life, but your faith needs to build up so you can have faith for other people's lives. Can we say amen to that? Listen, there's a, there's a story about a man. Gosh, this is not my message. There's a story about a man who had four friends, and he was paralyzed. Some of you know that story. You know it's never asked of him, what do you believe? There were just four men that knew we need to get him to Jesus. And here's what they found. When they got him to Jesus, the house was so full that they couldn't get him in. You know, they couldn't get him close enough to Jesus. Well, a good thing they weren't like me because I'd have turned around and said, hey, man, we tried, man. <laughs> you know, we tried, you know. Hey, listen. Whew, it's been a, a long journey. I, uh, my wife is 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 call, my wife is paging me, calling me, texting me. I don't know if they had cell phones back then, but uh, you know, she sent carrier pigeons, you know, uh, uh, to let me know you need to get home. So I gotta go. These men weren't like that. These men, because of their faith, they said, "Okay." We got him this far. There's no sense in stopping now. And I'm here to tell you, listen, you've gotten this far with Christ. There's no sense in stopping now. Come on, come on. You, gotta, you, gotta, you just got to grab a hold of this. I get it. There's still some obstacles along the way. There's still some hindrances in your path. Everything is not exactly as it should be. I get that but don't stop now. They got that man to that house, and there was such a crowd in that house to see Jesus. They said, okay, just because there's an obstacle doesn't mean that we stop. See, here's what we don't know. We don't know how long their journey was. I don't know what the weather conditions were. I'm assuming it was hot, <laughs> you know, but we don't know how long these four guys we're carrying this man. Have you ever had to pick up dead weight? You know, listen, 
I don't know if the guy in the back, you know, on the on the left, you know, on the driver's side back, you know, I don't know if he was a little weaker than the other guys. You know, I don't know if he was struggling a little bit and somebody's going, man, would you pick up your end already, you know? I don't know if he had to take a break and the other guy on the passenger backside had to pick up and carry both ends for a while. See, we don't know. All we know is that there was a journey. Don't know the weather conditions or anything like that. But then they get to the home and they say, okay, we, we cannot be stopped. Somebody say, I will not be stopped. Yeah, in Jesus' name. I, so, so, so I don't know if there was a Lowe's uh, 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 back then, you know, across the road, and they said, hey, go get a ladder. I don't know, maybe Ace Hardware. I, I, I don't know what was there. But some kind of way, they got a paralyzed man on a roof. Come on now, you know, I, 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 listen, we read that, but do we actually think about what all that entails? They got dead weight on top of a roof, and it wasn't a roof like how I think. I think of like palm trees and branches, you know, laid on the top. You know, I don't know why I think that, but I do. But guess what? This was a roof strong enough to support their weight and the paralyzed man's weight. And guess what the Bible says? They tore into that roof. Now, I don't know about you. you I, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that are handy with tools and all that, could probably build a house. But most of you don't walk around with a hammer, you know, a screw. You know, you don't walk around with a sledgehammer or, you know, I, I, you just don't walk around. You may keep it in your toolbox. It may be in the truck or something or at home. But you just don't walk around with that. So how did these guys tear into a roof? I'm telling you what, that's some determination. And that's some determination that's fueled by faith. Can we say amen to that? Boy, don't listen. Your faith will not fail you. Come on, say, my faith will not fail me. Listen, listen, sometimes we, we, we handcuff our faith and we won't let it do what it does. See, it's, it's there for those impossible moments. It's there. You just sang the song, since when has impossible, you know, been hard for you? When has that ever been an issue for you? We sing the song, but how about living the life? Can we say amen to that? Yeah, so here's what that means. You're going to encounter. Some of you now are encountering some situations that are bigger than you. Well, sounds like a good job for faith to come in and rescue. So <clears throat> these men, and we know the story, they, they, they tear the roof and they lower the man down. Did they carry a pulley system? You know, I mean, did they have ropes and they, did they have all of that? You know, I don't know, but it sounds a little strange to me. You know, I just don't think God, but who knows? You know, faith could have said, you know what, bring some rope with you. And one guy's going, hey, they go, are you ready, man? We got to go. You know, I know, but just let me get this rope real quick. 
Why are you carrying rope? I don't know. Let me tell you something. In this walk, you're going to do things, and they're not going to make sense to you. You're going to do things that you're going, I don't know why I feel so led to bless you. You know, you look like you're doing fine financially, but I just feel it in me to give you 500 bucks. You know, and you're going to go, I don't know why I'm doing this. You're going to, there's going to be people that you, you know for a fact, they badmouth me. They badmouth me. I know it for a fact. You know, I see it on their face when I, when I, when I come up. You know, they just, they just don't really care for me. And, and faith is going to say, sow a seed into them. Are you kidding me? They don't even like me. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. You're going to be in the grocery store, and you're going to see a person, and you're going to feel led to pray for them or ask them about salvation. You're like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, not in today's climate. You know, I'm like, no, you know. And then you'll see them again in the grocery store. And then you'll see them again in the grocery store. And you're just, um, I'm not good at this. Um, um, can I say something to you? In a sure. If you were to die today, do you know that you would make it to heaven or not? And that person is just going to break down in tears. Or they're going to get a bewildered look on their face and begin to really think about things that maybe they were taught as a young person. You know, and they've kind of let that go. See, you, it, 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 it just, it doesn't have to make sense to you. Can we say amen to that? This walk, because you gave your life to Jesus. So there's things about this life that don't add up to you. They don't make sense to you. But to be honest, he's not asking He's not asking for your opinion and, and, you know, what you think. Because your opinion and what you and I think, that's what got us into the mess we've been in anyway. Can we say amen to that? So it makes sense that he wouldn't ask, you know. I, I, when I think about it, I don't even want him asking. Because I'm going to take the easy route. I'm going to take the route that doesn't cause me to come out of my comfort zone. And I'm here to tell you, Urbana, that this season, you're going to come out of your comfort zone. Can we say amen to that? It's required of you. If you're going to reach the lost, if you're going to experience things that you've never experienced before, if you want to see miracles, signs and wonders, and breakthroughs, then guess what? you got to come out of your comfort zone. Gosh, this is, I'm telling you, none of this is in my notes. <laughs> I may not even get to them. I don't know, you know. But, but, but understand, that understand that this walk, this faith that we have, it's not just about you. And some of us, and I understand it, some of us, we get really caught up in us, our immediate surroundings, our household. And I get that. I get that. But I got to be open to outside of that as well. Can we say amen to that? There are some people that are going to be blessed because of your faith. In that story, when they lowered the man down to Jesus, the Bible says, seeing their faith, seeing their faith, Jesus looked at the man and said, 
your sins are forgiven. Have you ever pictured yourself as the one who would have faith enough for somebody else that their sins end up being forgiven? So no wonder why I encounter people that maybe live differently than I do. Because, see, my faith will cause their sins to be forgiven. So you know what? I don't need to fight with them, argue with them. No, I just need to use my faith for them. Can we say amen to that? Boy, that ought to take a lot of pressure off a lot of people, you know. See, see we, we get confused. We think our job is to change people. It's not our job. I told, I, I told some folks, hey, I, only thing I changed, I think I said it at the marriage conference here, the only thing I changed is the TV channel, the oil in my truck, and my underwear once a day. That's it. That's the only thing I'm interested in changing. I'm not, nothing else, because that's not my job. That's not my job. My job is to use faith. Somebody say faith. Amen. Amen. Okay, Holy Ghost, I did that. I said it. Okay. Can I move on, or what do you want me to do? In verse 6, it says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not know and, the, and do not the truth. Excuse me. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let me tell you one thing about the blood of Jesus. See, I, I was with some very educated people. I mean, I felt dumb, really, around them. And they are accomplished folks, and, you know, they have the, they have the, the education, the job position, the title, the money. They got it all. And we were talking and a person said, well, you know, you sin every day. I said, I don't. And it made it seem as if I was very prideful amongst, you know, uh, normal, you know, uh, thinking people. But that wasn't what it was at all. This, and this person said, and they're, they're born again. Don't get me wrong. They said, well, yeah, you, you sin every day. I said, how is that? possible. She said, we're, we're only human. I said, well, I'm more than just the natural man. I said, I'm also spirit. I said, so from that point of view, I'm not only human. I'm not only flesh in the natural. I said, actually, what I am more than anything is spirit. Because, see, that's the one that's going to last for eternity. That's the one that's been renewed. That's the one that's been born again. She said, well, no, but the Bible says. I said, yes, let's go there. She said, all have sinned. I said, yes, we all have sinned. I said, but it doesn't say we all shall continue to sin. I said, this here says that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. From all sin. So here in verse 8 it says, if you say that you have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
It says, but if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what does that mean? That means that the blood of Jesus. See, when you got born again, any born again people in here? <clears throat> when you got born again, that blood on the cross, it broke the power of sin and death over your life. It, 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 it puts you in a place that when God sees you, when you repent and ask for forgiveness of sin, let me tell you something. When God sees you, he says, okay, it's forgiven. And when he says it's forgiven, hey, man, it's gone. Okay, there, there ain't no, you know, he's not like me. Yeah, I remember what you did last time. Be careful, you know. Hey, don't go there, Joe, all right? Because, you know, last time. Now, how much forgiveness is in that if I'm constantly bringing it up before you. So God doesn't function that way. He says, I'll cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. Your sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. So this is one of the benefits of the blood. It totally does away with whatever sin has done. The problem is I need to now learn how to live in that. So if, if God says, now you got to think about this. He spent a lot to accomplish this. He sent his son to die. This is my oldest boy, 14. I'm so proud of him. Let me tell you something. If some armed men came in here, and threatened to take the life of everybody in here. But he said, hey, but if you are willing to give up your son, I'll let everybody live. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I got two more sons downstairs. <laughs> and I got a daughter, you know. But guess what I'm not going to do? I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, I'm going to say to everybody, are you ready to meet Jesus? <laughs> Because I'm not giving him up. But God said, I'm going to send my son to not just die, but to suffer. And when he dies, there's going to be this incredible thing that takes place. His blood, the shedding of his blood, is going to free you and cleanse you from the works of darkness. Have I embarrassed you enough? That's it. <laughs> but that's what he did. So when I say he paid a lot, you know, anybody ever pay a lot for something, a car, a house, or whatever? You tend to look at it a little differently. You know, when you've had to spend a lot, I, my stepmom, I remember when she got her living room done and all white. Everything was white. The furniture was white. The walls were white. The chairs were white. The carpet was white. The lamps were white. The pay everything in the room was white. So guess what? You didn't walk in that room. You didn't walk in that room. I, I don't care. You know, there was no, because she said, you know, I spent a lot to get this to look the way it is. 
And I'm not going to let anybody just trample their dirty feet in here. I'm not allowing kids to take their grubby hands and rub them against the wall, touch my furniture. It's not going to happen. God paid a lot in Jesus Christ. This is how much he thinks of you. This is how much he values you, that he says, I won't hold anything back in order for you to be saved, to have the breakthrough, to have the life. I won't hold back on anything, not even my son. And the Bible says there are three that bear record in heaven, but these three are one. So even in this unique relationship, God's like, I'm not even holding back myself. Just so you could be free. Just so sin cannot dominate your life. And here's what he said. I'm going to pay for it first and then let you choose. My goodness. You talk about the power of the blood. You talk about the purpose of this. I should never call into question if God loves me. I should never. Listen, I may have questions, but that shouldn't be one. Listen, somebody's getting set free today. I'm telling you right now, don't you ever again question if God loves you. That should never be a question. Like I said, other things you might wonder, but the love of God, he didn't hold anything back. Now, when he did this, Start wrapping this up. I got all off into some other stuff, but it had to be the Holy Ghost because it definitely wasn't me. Um, this, 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 this act that he did. This, there, there's so much power. And let me just say this. Let me just say this before we move on. In that same chapter, that First John one in verse three, there's something that I thought very interesting in there. In verse 3, it said, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Did you know that it is the blood of Jesus that causes us to have this fellowship or partnership, I'll say it that way, uh, uh, with other believers, that, that this fellowship, it is, a, it is a unique fellowship. Because of the blood of Christ, I have been changed and brought into a family. Uh, I have a distinguishing mark on me. See, now I'm born again because of the blood. See, I think, LaRon, you, we were talking about it in the truck, uh, that, that this separation that was between the Jews and the Gentiles has now been done away with. So because of the blood, I'm now a part of this family. I have this unique access, membership, badge, identity because of the blood of Jesus. See, I don't know what you were before you got born again. 
But I'm here to tell you the blood has made you different. Can we say amen to that? I don't know how you looked at yourself. I, you know, but, 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 but whatever it was, let me tell you something. It is something different. This blood, this relationship is unique. We were fragile, imperfect, born into sin, shaped by iniquity. Human beings. <clears throat> but now we become something greater. See, see, who I was before had embarrassment attached to it had guilt and shame attached to it. Anybody have, have to deal with guilt and shame, embarrassment of things that you've done in the past, stuff that you don't even want the church family to know about? You got a few little things, you know, that, that church folks don't know about. You know, anybody, woo, don't be like me, be involved in conversation with church people and they begin to talk, yeah, that person, they did this, that, and the other. I can't believe that. And I'm going, God, don't let them know that I did that once upon a time, <laughs> you know. Don't, don't let them know that I struggled with that once in my life. Yeah, you know, we, we had that. We were those type of people, but I'm telling you that the blood of Jesus has broken all embarrassment, all guilt, all shame, all fear, all worry, all jealousy, all insecurities. The blood of Jesus has done away with that. Can we say amen to that? Yeah. So, so I think sometimes I'm guilty of discounting the blood of Jesus. Uh, 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 the Bible talks about in Revelations 12, 10 and 11, that they overcame, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Let me tell you something. The blood makes me victorious. See, it doesn't, see, now I approach my struggles differently. You know, if you're a liar, a procrastinator, if you hang around depression, low self-esteem, pride, jealousy, if you got sexual immorality, if there's sickness, if there's poverty, if there's negativity, uh, uh, you can't never say nice something nice about anybody. Let me tell you something. The blood of Jesus will give you victory over that. So now I'm looking at myself differently. I'm going, wow, I'm a great man, not because of anything that I've done, but because of the blood of Jesus. And so now I say, okay, well, I want to live in that. How can I have this? I, obviously, I don't know how to use it. I don't know how to apply it. And for some reason, I think, okay, now, Lord, you've told me what to do. You got to live right. Okay, so now I think that it's up to me to figure out what that looks like on a day-by-day -day basis. No. See, I do this now. Okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Okay, you need to do this, 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 and this. He either speaks to me or I read it in the Word or he'll send somebody to speak to me. I'll get a feeling. He'll communicate some kind of way. But now here's what I do. Okay, what does that look like? How do I do that on a day-by-day -day basis. And here's where I would get it wrong all the time. He would say things like this. My wife and I might have a disagreement, an argument. <gasps> Your pastors, you argue? Yes. 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 Hi, honey. 
he would say, apologize to her. What? You hear what that woman said to me? But here's what I never thought or considered. See, I looked at that situation based on just that moment. But what he was doing was working in me the ability to accept direction and guidance from him and respond to it regardless of what the situation was, regardless of how I thought or felt about it. His word, his command, his direction meant more. It carried more weight than what I thought and how I felt. I just didn't know that he was starting it that way, you know. And so here's what would happen. Apologize to your spouse. Well, I don't feel like I did anything wrong. And then one day he said, I didn't ask you how you felt. I just told you what to do. But see, here's the problem. See, I'm wanting the benefits of the blood of Jesus. I'm wanting the benefits of being a Christian. I want the benefits, but I wasn't willing to do the work because it didn't look like what I thought. It didn't make sense to me. Well, explain how the blood on the cross saved you from sin. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't understand the formula in that. But guess what? I don't care. I want to make it to heaven. So if he says you have to be born again, okay, what's the process? Because I just want to make it to heaven. Well, now he's saying this. There are benefits that go along with that. And what I want to do is teach you how to allow those benefits to become active in your life. So now, apologize to your wife. And I'm going, okay. And I didn't want to apologize to her because I still didn't feel like I had done anything wrong. So then this is when I discovered something. Okay, I will do it because you said so. But I don't possess it in me to just do that. I got some obstacles in me. I got a little bit of stubbornness, a little bit of pride, whatever. So here's what I need you to do. I'll do it, but I need you to help me. He said, here's what you don't understand. That's a part of the process anyway. See, that's the problem. You've been trying to do it on your own. Anybody in here been trying to do some things on your own based on what you think, on how you feel, or what makes sense to you? Yeah, yeah. So the moment I said, okay, I need your help. He says, okay, I'm going to give it to you. And so I had to expect it. I had to wait on it. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know if FedEx was going to show up to my door with a package. You know, here, drink this, and you'll have the strength. You need. I, I, I didn't know. But I waited. And my wife's just staring at me. And it's uncomfortable because we just had this disagreement. And I want to speak back. And she's doing all the talking, so LeBron, it looked like she was winning. Because I'm quiet. And I'm like, no, but you're wrong. And I, I got evidence. 
But that's not what the Lord told me to do. So I sat there. And I had to turn away from her. And I said, well, I'm sorry. The best I could do. <clears throat> but that started something. And then I'd do it again. And, and then he revealed to me later on. He said, now, if you can take a moment in your life where you feel uncomfortable, it doesn't make sense, but you're so focused on what I want you to do that that's all you home in on. He said, let me tell you something. I can use you in so many ways. He said, now you're beginning to understand the benefits See, it washes away, it cleanses you from sin and the byproducts of sin. It removes that stubbornness. It removes that self-righteousness that you don't think that you have because it's not bubbling over for everybody to see. But it's still a percentage of it in you. He said, it will begin to remove that. You will find yourself doing things that otherwise you could not have done. So, let's wrap this up. In Hebrews 9, yeah, let's go there. Hebrews 9, I don't know, uh, verse 22 maybe? That one I want to go. Let's see. Uh, uh, 21, 20, yeah, 20, 20, 20. Hebrews 9, 20, saying, this is the blood of the testament which God has enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. So in the tabernacle, earthly tabernacles, what would happen is they would take the blood of animals and they would sprinkle it over the tabernacle, over the items of the tabernacle. Why? To purify it. So this was a part of the law. So, but what the Bible is teaching us that without shedding of blood, there is no remission, there's no forgiveness, there's no cleansing. So here's what Jesus did. Jesus said, instead of the blood of animals, I'm going to come and shed my blood. So now you got to understand something. You can't just kill Jesus, okay? We all there, you know. I, you know, don't care what kind of arsenal you got. Don't care how deadly you are with the hands, you know. You can't kill Jesus. So here's what Jesus had to do. What makes him equal with God, he set aside. That's amazing to me. What makes him equal with God, he just took it off and came through the birth canal of a woman. I mean, I can't imagine my Lord and Savior, you know, being spanked on the bottom or having his diaper changed or, you know, you know, that, that, that doesn't seem like a Lord and Savior to me. But that's exactly what he did. 
for you and I, reduced himself. And we don't want to reduce ourselves for other people. We don't want to go through some things for other people. You know, we don't want to set aside reputation or what makes you, you know, we don't want to humble ourselves, lower ourselves for other people. That's part of the problem. That's why some opportunities I'm missing. Because I don't want to strip off anything to help you. I'll help you as long as I can do it in the person, the stature of who I am. But if I got to go through some things to help you, well, I'm not willing to do that. See, I'm missing the benefits and the power of the blood. So, he says, without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So, it says, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. 24, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, for us, nor yet that we should offer himself, that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy places every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, have he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. What does that mean? The priest in the old times would have to enter again and again and again into the holies of holies to make atonement for the sins of man. So they would have to take the blood once a year, go in and make atonement for man's sin. But the Bible says Jesus does not have to do that. Because if he did, that means he would have to die again and again and again. But what the Bible teaches us is this. What Jesus did was once and for all, it was enough. So when he died for you, it was enough. See, when he died for you and shed his blood for you, it was enough. So there's no reason to think that you're not enough. There's no reason to think that you're not capable. There's no reason to think that you're a failure and there's something else that Jesus has to do. No, that is not true. What he did on the cross was enough. Now I have to learn how to apply what he did on the cross. Now I have to learn how to live in it, how, how to walk in it by faith. No, I'm enough. Somebody say, I'm enough. Yeah, you are. You are. So you know what? I should never accept a thought that would say different. You're not enough. You're not enough husband for your wife. You're not enough of a man. You're not enough of a father. You know, you're not enough of a, of a leader, an encourager. You know, and you say, well, I don't think thoughts like that. Well, here's what we do think. You know, here's an opportunity to serve in the church in this capacity. Oh, I can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? You can say, ooh, that's a little intimidating. <laughs> ooh, I never thought about that. 
oh, I never saw myself as someone walking in that capacity. Do you really think I thought I would be a preacher? <laughs> no. <laughs> Far from it. But let me tell you something. When I accepted the blood of Jesus, when I got born again, here's what I did know. Something about me has changed. I am not who I used to be. And the problem is I keep trying to keep some of those old things, not understanding what the blood has done. It's made me something new. I'm not, I'm not a, a, a new car with some used parts. No, everything, I'm, I'm showroom. I'm showroom floor ready, you know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm showroom. I'm like, there is not a mile on me, you know. There's the seats fresh, no wrinkles, crinkles, you know. There's none of that. He made me new. He made me new. So you know what? When, I, when those same old problems come, what they try to do is make me react in the old when I'm new. So when frustration comes, it may make me want to use profanity. When stress comes, it may make me want to go into depression or beat myself up. If I make a mistake, if I, whether it be accidentally or if I did something I was wrong and I know I was wrong, it makes me want to go back, see? See, you're not, you're not like those folks in church, you know, you know. Look, look how far you are from that. The devil is a liar. One word from God totally changes everything. And let me show you how fast it is. You recall the story when Peter and those guys were out on the boat. And the storm had come, and, and, all, and they were scared. They saw somebody walking. They thought it was a ghost, you know, they, all that. I don't know if they had Ghostbusters back then, but, you know, they thought it was a ghost. But when they saw it was Jesus, Peter said, if it's you, let me come out. One word from Jesus changed the whole situation. Now, here's what's crazy. It changed Peter's perspective. The storm was still there. Come on, you got to get this. You may have some storms in your life right now that you are trying to figure out, how are we going to do this? How are we going to handle this? How are we going to get this? It takes one word from the Lord and for you to act in faith on that one word. Jesus said, Come on. And now the very thing that was against this man was now under his feet. He's now walking on the water that was literally crashing against them. I'm telling you, the blood, the blood of Jesus, it will come. It's like this. We, we, were, we, we just flew to uh, Florida, wherever we flew. And, um, yeah, <laughs> and it's amazing how it can be raining. There's a lot of turbulence and there's dark skies. But it's amazing what happens if you go higher. Now, it was raining, 
you know. I mean, there was lightning that was lighting up the sky. I'm like, Lord, that was kind of bright, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me something, you know? But it's what, what was just as we went higher and went through the clouds, all of a sudden, it was a bright, sunshiny day. Now, let me ask you a question. Did it stop raining? No. My perspective changed. My view changed. My position changed. But it was still raining. I'm here to tell you the blood of Jesus will give you a fresh perspective on this situation. The blood of Jesus will call you to see the same situation differently. What you thought couldn't be handled. What you thought wouldn't go away. The blood of Jesus will say, uh, not so. If you're willing to use faith in what I have done. That's what the blood does. That's what the blood does. You were there when we prayed for that girl who had breast cancer. Uh, she had lost her hair with the treatment and all that. And we said, hey, we're going to pray. So we prayed, and it was faith in the blood and the power. So she was, this was on a Sunday. She was supposed to go to the doctor on Tuesday. She ended up being able to go the next day. And she got word of us, or word to us, and she said, praise report. Now, I had told her about a story of a guy whose cancer broke away from the, his organs. It broke away and clumped together in a little ball. And I didn't know much about cancer, but the doctor told me, he said, that's unusual because in order for it to survive, it needs to stay attached and live off the blood that's in your body. So he said, the fact that that cancer broke away and just clumped together in a ball, I said, it's kind of like it committed suicide, huh? And he said, well, I wasn't going to say it that way, but yeah, you know. So I began to tell this lady this story. We pray. So the next day, she says that the doctors told her that her tumor shrank by 40 to 50 percent and that it broke away from the, the wall of her chest muscle. So then a week later, after that, which was last week, she texts us again and said, hey, praise report. My tumor is now reduced by 80%. See, here's what some folks, and I'm done, here's what some folks would say. Oh, I got cancer. I don't receive that. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here. You got home. There was a strange guy in your house, ski mask, you know, big bag, and he's just dumping valuables into that bag. Would you pretend like he's not there? I don't know you, but I'm going to say probably not. You know? <laughs> You're probably going to have a response, and it's probably got, I don't know, six you know, <laughs> 12, 15, you know, uh, uh, things to say about the situation. You know, I don't know what kind of gun you keep, you know. But you wouldn't pretend. You wouldn't say, you know what, 
I'm not going to accept the fact that you're there. That thief is going to say, why, thank you. Thank you very much. And if it's okay, I'll be back next Thursday around 5, you know, to get the rest of your stuff. No, you would let it know you have no right to be here. Let me tell you what the blood of Jesus does. It gives you the authority and the power to tell whatever sin invasion comes into your life. You don't have the authority or power to be here. You are out of order. And let me tell you something. With faith in that blood, you can rise up. Can we say amen to that? So I'm here to tell you, if there's any situations in your life where an invasion has taken place, sickness, depression, loneliness, fear, poverty, separation in your family, separation with your kids, separation with your spouse. If there's any situation that is not good, that is darkness, remember, God is light. There is no darkness in him. So if there's any invasion, you as a blood-bought believer have the power and the authority through Jesus Christ to raise up and respond to that intrusion. Can we say amen to that? So this is who we are. This is what we do. As I pray, I want you to understand something. You begin to identify in your life the things that should not be there. And then you go to the Lord and ask him, how do I apply the benefits of the blood? How do I apply the power that you've deposited in me, the, the things that I have through you? How do I apply them to this situation? Because they're your benefit. Anybody ever heard of a will? Last will and testament? Yeah. What does that do? When someone dies, what they want, their wishes, their, their command, their, their word is now activated. If I die, Joe, and I leave you, we ain't got much. I don't know, you know. <laughs> I leave you this jacket, <laughs> which the sleeves are too short, you know. But guess what? Once it's been proven that I am dead, my command, my desires still go forth. And they have an authority. They have an authority and a power to see to it that it is done. In the natural, probate court tells you what to do. And I don't care what anybody says. You know, that they say, hey, this, this is what's in the will. Well, he didn't mean to write that. Well, unless you got proof of something different, this jacket is going to Joe. Why y'all fighting over it? I don't know, but, you know, this is what he wanted. Well, guess what? He died. And the benefits, what he already planned and desired for you, has now kicked in. And there's a court higher than the Supreme Court that ensures that those benefits 
are there and ready for each and every one of us to activate, participate, receive of them, walk in them, live by them, decree and declare life by them. Somebody needs you to get a hold of your benefits and activate them not just for you, but for them. Somebody's waiting. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for what you're doing today. I thank you, God, for giving us a perspective of the blood, giving us understanding that maybe we don't have all the time or maybe we have it in certain situations but not in others. But I thank you today that something is stirring on the inside of us, that you know what, I don't have to live the way that I've been living. I don't have to keep hold, keep memory of the failures, the mistakes. You know what, I'm free to live as if those things never happened because the blood has washed me clean. So Father, we just repent right now for sins knowingly done, unknowingly. We repent, Father. And God, I thank you right now that your deliverance is coming upon the people. Father, that we will walk in a freedom that we haven't walked in before. Now, I just speak this over the congregation, and I thank you that strongholds are broken right now in the name of Jesus. Chains of guilt and shame and doubt. God, where there's even been a lack of faith in certain areas, I thank you that that restriction is now removed in Jesus' name. We come against every ungodly soul tie right now. And I thank you, Father, that we are free to live, to hope, to dream, to expect greatness because of your blood. We are not meant to just sit around, beat ourselves up, live in the past, live in depression, live in not enough, live in unhappiness, live in shame and guilt and worry, and just be prisoners of fear. We are no longer victims. We are the victor because of your blood. And I thank you that we have the understanding and we walk in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.